Hi, everybody, and welcome to Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview the leaders in real estate and technology. And today, I am so pleased to be joined by Patrick Pichette. He's the vice president uh, at Realtor.ca, focusing on strategic business and innovation. And so, Patrick, thanks so much for joining me here from uh, up north today. Hey, Eric, my pleasure. Nice to reconnect. Yes, for sure, for sure. Now, I've known Patrick a little while from in being involved in the real estate standards organization. And at Realtor.ca and, and the team up there in Canada, they've been uh, big backers of this, even when it was just the states thing down for a number of years. And so I met him through that. And I, I got to know a little bit how they do things differently up in Canada. And if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you'll know that we've tried to interview a lot of international folks and understand what they're doing differently and what's working in other countries versus what we're doing here in the United States, particularly when it comes to during the time of the virus. So, you know, Patrick, why don't we just start and talk a little bit about Realtor.ca uh, and how it came about and how uh, CREA, the Canadian Real Estate Association, kind of set out to build this uh, national website for Canada. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks. That's a great place to start, Eric. And uh, actually, the whole thing started before my time. So I joined CREA uh, in uh, 2012, and, and the site was launched back in, I believe, 1995 under the URL MLS.ca. And it, it was later rebranded uh, Realtor.ca in 2008. And uh, the thought back then uh, from the leadership um, at the local level through the, the uh, the local boards and at the uh, uh, national level, um, you know, they, they made the wise decision to launch a uh, national website where consumers could access listing information from um, MLS systems across the country. So regardless of which brokerage represented the listing or uh, which franchisor was doing the promotion, Canadians got a uh, single source to, to see everything that was available on, on the market. So, Today, uh, Realtor.ca is still owned and uh, operated by uh, Korea, the Canadian Real Estate Association, and it's done in collaboration with the uh, 80 different local uh, real estate boards across the country. Um, so in other words, every single MLS system uh, in Canada publishes their um, active listings to Realtor.ca. And just a uh, uh, you know, couple notable things, um, first of all, the site is completely funded uh, through member dues, so there's no additional fees. Uh, members pay CREA $310 a year, uh, and that includes uh, Realtor.ca as a member benefit, uh, as well as all the leads they get from that. And um, in terms of the website, there's no advertisement, which consumers really love. Um, over the years, we've been able to build up um, very strong uh, recognition and trust uh, across the country. Um, just recently, we did a, uh, a study um, that looks at the perception of realtors and realtor.ca uh, in, in Canada, and 92% uh, of uh, Canadians uh, are aware of realtor.ca, and 85% of those that have used the site in the past would use it again. So these are are uh, very strong figures, and uh, realtors in Canada are, are really proud of uh, of their realtor.ca. That sure sounds like it based on those numbers. So, you know, and, and to be clear, uh, CREA or the Canadian Real Estate Association, 
that's kind of a, a, a version or a offshoot of the National Association of Realtors like we have in the United States. That's the Canadian version of that organization, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, essentially, we are the uh, equivalent of the NAR um, up in Canada. So we have uh, 130,000 uh, members. Um, and um, it's very similar to the US, right? I think the NAR has about 1.3 million members and Canada is about 10% of your population. So the math works out, um, you know, in terms of the, the size and scope of, uh, of our association. That's yeah. I was that was going to be my next question about because I was going to say is this it, do we have the same number of agents uh, of realtors in Canada compared to the population? It sounds like there is where it's about one in every um, one in, uh, in the United States about one every thirty people uh, or excuse me three hundred people one in every three hundred people in the United States is a realtor and so it sounds like it's about the same there. Uh, yeah. So. Let's step back for a second and talk a little bit about Realtor.ca because obviously the Canadian, the Korea, uh, took a different stance than NAR did, right? Because the National Association of Realtors here in the States, um, they kind of abdicated building out a website uh, and both the first version of it uh, that was in the mid to late 90s, around the same time you guys got started, uh, and right. the second version of that uh, were both... Uh, kind of licensed the term realtor.com to other companies. And now of course it's owned by News Corp um, that's operating that website. So, you know, I, you know, I know you weren't there, but do you know the history of kind of what made the, the Korea team decide, hey, we want to do this, build it in-house, operate it in-house and take on that technical investment? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh... Yeah, that, that was a, a long time before my arrival, but I, I think it's just the philosophy um, is different. Um, you know, the fact that the National Association in Canada owns and operates Realtor.ca and the fact that uh, we don't answer to shareholders is, you know, we're seeing it today. It's a great thing for our members. Uh, you know, thinking about the U.S., I you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the U.S., the consumer over the years has been programmed um, to go to various different sources to find out what's available in the market, right? Um, where in Canada, it was felt that it was really important to have this one source, this one trusted source uh, that provided a, a complete view of everything that was available uh, in, in all the MLS systems across the country. And, you know, that might stem from the fact that, you know, something else that, that's notable, um, we talked about uh, Korea membership versus NAR membership. Uh, in Canada, the large majority um, of practitioners that have a license, um, I think it's well over 95% are realtors and are members of um, a local real estate board uh, in, in Korea where, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the U.S. it's maybe about 50%, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've right. got a much more fragmented uh, marketplace where in Canada it's been a lot uh, easier over the years to take a collaborative approach, right, in, in building out a, a, a national portal. Yeah, uh, it definitely seems either way. It seems, you know, from, from an outsider's view, uh, it certainly seems like Korea made a great decision 
and is yielding the benefits of that being that Canadians definitely know that, uh, that Realtor.ca is a place where they can get all of the listings and there isn't uh, as much bifurcation of traffic uh, as there is in the United States where you've got multiple players. Right. So I wanna go back to a couple things regarding that. Number one is, you know, you mentioned that realtors in Canada, if they're, get a, if they're getting leads, it sounds like they're getting these leads for free from realtor.ca and every lead on their listing goes to them. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, again, realtor.ca is a, uh, a member benefit. Uh, there's, no, there's no funny stuff. The, the <laughs> listing agent uh, gets full credit. It's their face that appears on, on the listing and they get 100% of their leads at, at no additional cost. So uh, do, does the realtor have the ability to see what the person is looking at uh, after they've come to them or is it more of a delivery where uh, lead comes in, says, I want more information on 123 Any Street, and it's just delivered to the agent and they take it from there. Is, is there any back-end tools inside of Realtor.ca? Yeah, there, there is. Um, they can manage their email lead through a, a web interface. And uh, just last year, we actually launched a Realtor.ca uh, um, mobile app uh, just for realtors. And it allows them to do uh, several things. It, they get notifications when leads come in. Um, they can manage those leads. They can manage the, the back and forth communication uh, with those consumers. Also, they can get uh, stat uh, reports uh, on each one of their listings. Uh, they're able to text message or email those reports out to clients. So I wouldn't say we have like a full CRM system, but uh, there's definitely some tools uh, that we're providing to members as part of the realtor.ca uh, suite. And again, it, it's completely built into their, uh, their membership dues. And, and speaking of that, as I understand it, realtor.ca and being a CREA member, not only do you get these free leads from realtor.ca, but as I understand it, there's also other tools, various other tools, not just the app that you were talking about. But for example, from what I read when I was doing some research before, before we talked here today, uh, is that, for example, you guys provide free forms software to all uh, CREA members. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, th that's correct. Um, we do provide a service called uh, Web Forms, uh, which is um, essentially it's a white labeled version of, uh, of Lone Wolf's transaction desk. And the system has about 2,000 uh, different forms. So we've got uh, every single form across all 10 um, uh, Canadian provinces. So that, that's available and that's, a, a, you know, another service where we collaborate with all the local boards and associations to uh, uh, deliver to members. Um, another notable service is called the, um, the Realtor.ca DDF, which is our, our data distribution uh, facility. And there's a, there's, there's a few components to this, but, uh, you know, the two, Significant ones are, uh, first of all, there's a, a national shared pool. So uh, the way this works, uh, if you have listings and you um, contribute your listings to the pool, you can also pull other listings from the national shared pool for your, your personal website. Uh, and then secondly, you know, beyond realtor.ca, agents can publish their listings on uh, uh, other websites using the, the DDF, which is a, a listing syndication uh, tool. And, and 
So our members, uh, you know, in a consistent fashion are able to um, send their listings to about 20 um, other real estate advertisement websites, but also some um, key partnerships that we have like TD Bank, for example, um, who will publish Realtor.ca listings after a, a consumer on their site will use their, uh, their mortgage affordability calculator tool. So, so uh, again, uh, another tool that we're providing to members uh, as part of this uh, Realtor.ca suite. So uh, I want to dig into that in kind of two, hmm. two pieces of the DDF piece uh, of the conversation, because, you know, it sounds like, and, and this is certainly the way I understood it, is that's almost like a national IDX feed of almost all listings in Canada. Is that correct? Uh, it is. That's a good way to uh, explain it. The only caveat is that uh, brokers have to opt in. So, uh, you know, we get a feed from every single MLS system of, of all the listings. Um, but then we don't just sort of turn around and, and open up a feed um, for all the listings. Like the brokers have to opt into that. So, uh, you know, I mentioned TD Bank or I mentioned uh, sites like uh, Kijiji or HomeFinder. Um, you know, we don't just turn around and send them 100% of the listings. A broker actually has to opt into that service. But the uh, the opt-in is, is fairly high. Um, about 65% of brokers have opted in, and, and that's something that we believe in, right? That brokers uh, and their agents should have control over their uh, their listing data and uh, where that that's being shared. And is it granular uh, in that system where where a broker could say, "I want it to go to the TD uh, Bank website, but not to go to this other vendor partner over here"? Exactly. That that's how it works. And could a company like Tribus that uh, goes out and, and builds websites, could they get that feed from you? Or is it really only for publishers of sites uh, like TD or, or, you know, other, other syndication websites that might have all the listings on them? Yeah, no, uh, that, that um, is a part of the service. So um, I think there's about five or 600 different, uh, you know, we call them technology providers, but companies that build websites for, for realtors. Uh, so we do provide, uh, um, we do work with those companies and we provide a feed. So if a realtor wants to use a service to uh, build and launch a website, we'll work with them to make sure that their feed works properly. And if they're using the national shared pool, they're able to, you know, if they want to launch a website that's all about cottages in Ontario, um, you know, as long as they're part of the pool, they can do that. See, and, and, and see, that's a great, uh, how you guys have handled it, uh, I think is a great middle ground to what we have here in the States. Uh, whereas, you know, there's 625 roughly as of today, MLS is in, in the States. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's no uh, pooled feed of that. Now, in regionally, for example, in California, you have CRMLS, which has pooled listings with other MLSs in the area to handle it. But from a vendor standpoint, uh, it can get quite costly. And then that cost gets passed down to the broker to have to go mm -hmm. to 625 MLSs and co and collect the data, right? But with you guys, we, we could, you know, if we had more uh, broker partners in Canada, we could just go to you, have that feed and get it, get it from there. Uh, and not have to go independently. And we have a few, at Tribus, we have a few clients uh, in Canada. We have Toronto and Calgary uh, and a couple other places, and we go get the feeds individually. But it sounds like 
at some point it might make sense for us to just come to you a national level and get the feed uh, feed through there, right? Yeah, and that that's really the the value prop that we bring to the table, right? Is is that aggregation at a, a national level? So yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, now to the second point of you talking about these feeds that go out, um, it seems to me that obviously when when you're passing these feeds out, for example, to TD Bank or to other websites like that, and they go get these feeds uh, from you, it seems like it's almost creating competitive traffic to realtor.ca. And so how does, how does the team kind of handle that from these outside entrants building websites that have the same listings? Is it, you know, hey, all the players come on, but because realtor.ca is so uh, widespread and everyone knows who cares if another entrant turns on a new website. Is that kind of the thinking? Yeah, that's, uh, that's absolutely the thinking, uh, Eric. So, uh, you know, Realtor.ca is not the only player uh, in, in the Canadian market and, and it, it, you know, should not be there. As I mentioned, there are several other uh, real estate sites, uh, Kijiji, HomeFinder, REW. There's, uh, you know, players coming in from the U.S. as well, right? Um, yeah, Zillow just day, opened yeah. up there, right? Not too long yeah. ago, they opened up an entire operation. And uh, I know they'd been planning that for a while. In fact, we have a venture capital firm that's part of Tribus called Tribus Capital. And one of our very first investments was in a company called Retsley, uh, which is based in Vancouver. And Zillow bought them out and kind of indicated way back then that their plan was to, to roll out in Canada at some point. And I know, what was it, mid last year or so? that they actually started accepting listings and rolling them out in Canada, something like that? Yeah, it, it was over the last year or two. I don't know the exact uh, timeline, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, your point's well taken um, about, um, you know, U.S. players coming into the market. Zillow's one, Redfin's another one that, you know, is top of mind. Yeah. Um, you know, but, I, you know, just to come back to your initial question, at the end of the day, uh, new entrance in the market means uh, more innovation. It means uh, more choice in, in marketing tools for our members. And, you know, Eric, from my standpoint, and, you know, this will sound kind of cliche, but it's true. Uh, it forces our team to be better. Like, um, you know, we need to keep up with uh, expectations and, and um, all these other players are just part of an industry that is, is raising the bar right now. And, uh, you know, so from our standpoint, th there's all this uh, ecosystem, right, that, that's um, happening around us. And uh, we want to be at the heart of that. And one of the ways to do that is, uh, you know, through the DDF, which, um, you know, makes it possible for, you know, whether it's a smaller site or a, a big brand like a Scotiabank or a TD or Globe and Mail, which is the biggest uh, newspaper in the country, um, you know, to participate in that ecosystem and, and ha have um, their initiatives being driven by um, by Realtor.ca. I mean, at, at the end of the day, and I don't remember exactly where I read this. This might have been from a, uh, an NER study, but the average consumer will visit 11 different online sources before making any kind of decision, right? So they're going to visit these other websites, but they're also going to go to social media. They're going to go to uh, their bank website to find out how much they can afford. They're 
going to look up editorial content on, on newspapers. So um, again, uh, we've got a more, more holistic view on, on the Canadian marketplace and we want to be at the center of this ecosystem. Hopefully well, I frame that properly. <laughs> no, for sure. And, and actually kind of perfectly leads me into uh, something that uh, I wanted to ask, which is, does you and your team that's running Realtor.ca, do you view the customer as the agent, the realtor, or is your customer, when you're working on Realtor.ca, is it the consumer? How do you think about that? Yeah, so um, the answer is both, right? It, it's both. So yeah, we are a, a Realtor Association. So absolutely, we need and we should be delivering value um, to our Realtor members, right? But that doesn't mean that we can't offer uh, a great user experience. It doesn't mean that we can't layer other sources of data that consumers are, are looking for. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the consumer that's driving the bus, right? And for us to remain relevant in the marketplace, uh, you know, we need to meet their, their expectations of what a real estate uh, portal should, should be all about. So let's, yeah, we're, we're yeah. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, let's dive into that and that extra data. So something I wanted to ask you about is I know, you have a partnership with a company uh, based out of Canada that we're big fans of here at Drivus, which is the local logic. Um, and I know yeah. you are one of, if not their largest uh, site that's adopted their data and they have some great data on there. It seems like you guys have really stepped up the game when it comes to that. How's the adoption been by consumers of looking at all of this local relevant data of uh, purchasing a home? Do you see a lot of consumers engaging with that content? Absolutely. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned them because, um, you know, we do partner with a lot of different startup companies and this is um, one success story that I always like to talk about, but you're right, a Canadian company out of Montreal and uh, essentially it's allowed us to transform the site. Um, and what I mean by that is um, allowing users to um, consume the listing content based on their lifestyle preferences, right? And the great thing about local logic, um, you know, I kind of call it like, it's kind of like walk score on steroids. Um, so, you know, you get a score on everything from walkability to, uh, you know, transit and cycling to proximity to schools, uh, grocery stores. Uh, we've been able to layer all sorts of data, like uh, school catchment areas for the entire country. Um, so it's, yeah, that kind of partnership has added uh, uh, a lot of value. And, um, you know, we, we've seen um, some really uh, key metrics um, change over the last couple of years. So um, first of all, yeah, traffic is way up market share is way up, but we're all also seeing things like our bounce rate is way down, right? We hmm. probably have a bounce rate of 10 to 15%. And I think usually if you can get under 25%, you're doing really well. Uh, we're seeing a higher lead conversion rate as well. So um, when consumers are, are, are consuming uh, this extra data, they're more likely to convert into a, a lead. Uh, for for a realtor, right? And that kind of contradicts um, 
those that are fearful that, well, the more information that you give a consumer, the less, uh, um, you know, the less of a chance that you have to convert them into uh, a client for a realtor. So, yeah, it's checked off a lot of boxes. It's enhanced the consumer experience. And, uh, yeah, our members are benefiting from that, that kind of partnership. Yeah, and we've seen the exact same thing, too, which is the more data you provide and you can put it behind a registration wall. At least that's what we've seen. And I know Realtor.ca does not require that. But the more data you provide or the more engaged that you can make the consumer, the far more likely they are to use that brokerage or that agent for what we do here at Tribus. Um, and, and we're testing out, we've been testing out Logic data for a few months. And in fact, uh, we've become such a big, big fans of them that we're uh, offering the option to add it to all of our broker customers uh, in oh, the United nice. States and in Canada. Uh, and they've they've expanded heavily here in the United States over the past 12 months, and, and they have some just killer data. Uh, for those listeners that haven't seen it, definitely go take a look at Realtor.ca, and on every one of their listings, they have neighborhood information and map-based data. Uh, Patrick here mentioned the school zones. Uh, um, I think you call in Canada you called them attachment districts. Is that correct? Yeah. So yep. you know, in the states here, we call them school districts or uh, attendance zones. So take a look at what they've got on Realtor.ca. It's, it's quite impressive uh, through the partnership they have with Local Logic Data. Um, so, you know, uh, a couple more questions for you because I know we're running out of time here. But uh, one interesting thing that goes back to one of the very first things you said is that, um, you know, I know that Korea owns the trademark in Canada for the word MLS, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and you guys uh, protect that trademark. So in, uh, in the use of that MLS trademark, um, do they all operate under, like do, do all of the MLSs in Canada operate as realtor uh, CREA members or are there any MLSs, you know, I understand it's a trademark term, but are there any any search sites that have listings that that realtors put their listings on that are not part of it like we have in the states for example seattle's mls in the states is not a realtor owned or realtor realtor operated mls it's it's owned by a couple of the large brokerages in that market so they don't have to follow the same rules that the national association of realtors in the states pushes down to them are there MLSs like that in Canada or does everybody play under that license of you guys uh, owning a trademark for, for MLS up there? Yeah. So there's a lot, uh, a lot to unpack there, Eric. Uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's take a step back. Like, um, you know, real estate in Canada and the U S uh, basically functions the same way, but there are some differences. And I think this is one of the bigger differences, right? Um, so in Canada, it's the local real estate board that runs an MLS system. They're not set up as a, a separate organization. Now, there are a few recent examples of local real estate boards that have gotten together to form a, a separate company to run a regional MLS. But in most cases, it's just, it's just one entity. So the, the DNA of a local board is to run an MLS system, right? Uh, so yeah, they, they do use the trademark, uh, and, um, 
in, in, you know, in Canada, we're really lucky to have a registration over the MLS uh, trademark. Uh, but that, that also means that uh, our uh, member realtors and our member boards, uh, who, who are the only ones who can use the trademark, uh, do need to use it in the correct um, form and, and context, right? So, um, you know, in other words, the MLS mark uh, must only be used to identify services that are provided by realtors as part of a cooperative selling system. So in other words, uh, MLS must never be used as a, uh, as a synonym for a database. So you can say, for example, I provide MLS services or I can show you some MLS listings. However, you can't say search the MLS or I can list on MLS, right? So we are, uh, so the, the, the really, you know, looking at the bigger picture, you know, we're really proud of this uh, cooperative system called, um, you, you know, MLS, and uh, it, it's supported by um, the MLS systems that are run by the, the boards, and Realtor.ca is an extension um, of MLS. Yeah, obviously, I don't know, here in the States, yeah. yeah, for sure, it's, it, uh, it yeah, it's it so fragmented. Uh, and, you know, some MLSs in the United States uh, are very restrictive on the using the term search the MLS, uh, while other ones, it's completely wide open and you'll find on, on yeah. many agent and broker websites search the MLS, when in actuality, that doesn't necessarily ring true because obviously in the feed that their vendor gets, they may not have every single listing that's in the MLS. You know, here in, in the States, we have things called VOWs, which is a separate feed that has more data in it. And agents and brokers can restrict their listings from going out into the IDX feed. And then you yep. are not truly searching the MLS. If you're searching that website, you're, at, you're searching a subset of the listing. So it's very different here. And I think part of it is because of fragmentation and part of it, um, it is, is just the, the change in governance and not being owned or operated by a realtor association, a local board, uh, like, in, like I mentioned in Seattle, where they get to play by different rules than other people right. do because of that. So um, two last questions for you here, Patrick. Number one, how's the market in Canada right now, especially after the virus? Are you seeing the same thing we're seeing here in the States where the big cities, people are kind of leaving them? and the suburbs uh, and, and the outer areas are having massive growth, or is it different there in Canada? Um, so currently, um, like in the US, the market is, is very, very strong. Um, in fact, just on Monday, we released our July numbers, and um, July was a record-setting month. Like, and that's a big contrast to, if we go back a few months to April, that was our worst month ever in terms of transactions in July um, is, is a record. Uh, national home sales rose 26% uh, on a, a month over month basis. Uh, and that, that's nationally. Uh, but if you want to focus in on uh, certain markets, the greater Toronto area uh, rose 49%, Vancouver wow. 43, Montreal 39. Um, so yeah, markets, uh, across the board are, are um, very hot and uh, essentially what's happening is that um, across all major markets uh, 
uh, you know, they're grappling with a serious imbalance between supply and demand. So uh, we're seeing buyers return to the market in droves, but many sell- sellers are not listing. So as a result, uh, our inventory is at a 16-year low right now. Yeah, and we have the exact same thing in the States, exactly the same problem. There's not enough inventory for the demand, particularly in second home markets like beach communities and lake communities. There's not nearly enough inventory uh, yeah. that's out there. So it sounds like it's the it's pretty pretty similar. The one difference is, is you're talking about in Toronto, uh, you know, which is a big metropolitan area, um, mm. something like the New York of Canada, uh, you're yeah. seeing an uptick, whereas I know in New York City, you know, Manhattan, et cetera, people are getting out of there and looking to buy mm. out in the far suburbs. Um, but everywhere else in the country is absolutely on fire. And there is uh, a, a low, all-time low of homes for sale. So it sounds like in all other ways, it's, it's very similar, which is, is great. It's great for our industry. It's great for realtors uh, in the States and in Canada. So one last question for you, Patrick, and then we're out of time, is, and I ask all my guests this question, and feel free to take a second if you need it, but if you could change and wave a magic wand over the real estate industry in Canada right now, what's one thing that you would change about the industry? Hmm, that's a good one. you know, I would, uh, you know, again, we, we, you know, we have a lot of members. Uh, if we could get everybody to buy into the fact that, you know, giving consumers more data uh, is good for the profession, that would be, that, you know, that, 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 that would be really great. Um, you know, you know, getting a better um, understanding that the value prop of a realtor is not being a gatekeeper to data, but it's the interpretation of the information. It's being that trusted partner. It's helping clients, uh, you know, through a, a very uh, emotional um, kind of journey. Um, uh, I think that would be great. I think we could uh, really accelerate our roadmap when it comes to, uh, you know, realtor.ca and the other things that we're doing. I I couldn't agree with you more. I've long said uh, that a realtor should be more like a financial advisor. Anybody can go to any website out there and find out what stocks have traded for, for since forever. There's even more transparency in the financial services industry. And yet still most people use a broker use an advisor uh, to invest when they when they're looking for it when they're looking to make an investment because they know they need that person to kind of double check them and and make sure they're not making a a bad financial decision and i think realtors are the exact same way it's you know it's not a data gatekeeper as you said uh it is a an advisor a consultant somebody you're having and paying uh, to make sure you're making the best decision for you and your family. So thanks so much, Patrick, for joining us again. Uh, Patrick is the vice president for uh, Realtor.ca, focusing on strategic business and innovation. Patrick, thanks so much for joining us. 
You have been listening to Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview the leaders in real estate and technology. Make sure to subscribe so you get episodes like this and future ones delivered direct to your inbox. Thanks so much for listening. Super. Thanks, Eric.